Welcome to the Castle of Spirits True Ghost Stories podcast, brought to you by castleofspirits.com. See, that's a website that's been around since the year 1997, collecting the ghost stories, the true accounts of people, readers of the website, just like you listening out there. And now it's a podcast. What do you think? Isn't that fun? It's really fun. I'm enjoying it. And as we are the the inhabitants of the castle, mm-hmm. we are also the ghost keepers. My name is Vince. I'm Jane. Hello. Wow. That was really flamboyantly dramatic. Well, a little bit of, you know, castle drama. Mm-hmm. Maybe a dash of hammer horror in there somewhere. No. No. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, so this is the first episode of the new year for us. That's right. And we are excited to be starting into our second year. It's actually our third year. Well, the third year number that we've done the show, but it's... This is our... Yeah, we started in 22, burned all the way through 23, mm-hmm. and now we're kicking off 2024 in a lovely fashion. But it's technically part of our second year. So anyway, one day all of this will be a distant memory. Hopefully very soon. Wow. (laughs) So always look on the bright side of life. uh, Are we going to, what do you want to do today? Should we talk about the football game or did you want to read ghost stories or I I don't know. I would caution you not to curse on this show. I think the Did I curse? It's the F word. The F word, yeah. And don't say the S word sports. Like you just did. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. The only S I want to hear here is spirits okay there's also another word that might be a little fun to talk about maybe okay depending on the emotional and psychological fortitude of our listeners mm-hmm. and of you jane as well yeah i have a story here that i want to read from the castle of spirits archive all right it's dated october 2012 submitted by curtis donahue in texas and it's called robin and the mimic demon i know this story how do you know this story i've read it it's a good one. Well, just pretend. Don't tell anybody what's happening. I won't. If you jump in with, a, oh, mm. I know what happens, Mm-mm. I'm going to edit it out. I wouldn't do that. Okay, you better not. Cue the music. I met Robin back in the summer of 2001. She is a devout Christian, as am I, and we had many interesting discussions on ghosts, demons, and God. Little did I know that she dealt with demons on a regular basis. She dealt with what I call a mimic demon. A mimic demon is a demon that can mimic voices of people we are familiar with. It does this to trick its victims into a false sense of security. Oh, I can remember my first time going to her house. I was sitting in Robin's room playing on the computer. Robin stepped out to use the bathroom and I kept playing on the computer. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw what I thought was Robin sitting on the edge of the bed. It was a dark black figure about Robin's size. I figured it was dark because I was seeing it from the corner of my eye. So I kept playing on the internet and I talked to the shadow as if it were Robin. It never spoke back. I thought nothing of it until Robin walked into the room. I quickly turned and saw that nobody was on the edge of the bed. I told Robin what had happened and she didn't act surprised. She told me that her house was haunted. She acted like it was no big deal. Then she started telling me stories about her experiences with the demon. She told me that once she woke up and felt as if she was being choked. She couldn't move her arms or her legs. She was gasping for air and started levitating over the bed. 
She quickly yelled, Jesus Christ! At this, the demon let her go, and Robin fell back on the bed. She told me of a time that her dad woke up underneath his bed. He had no knowledge of how he got there. She told me of a time when she was showering, and she heard her dad come through the front door. She heard her dogs barking and her dad talking to the dogs. She quickly showered and got dressed and went to say hi. But when she came out of the bathroom, there was nobody there and the dogs were sleeping. One night, Robin and I were going to hang out when I got off work. As soon as I got off, I called Robin, but my phone wasn't working. When I called her, it said emergency calls only. My phone had screwed up like this before, so I thought nothing of it. So I sent a text to Robin, but I got no reply. When I arrived home, Robin was parked in front of my house and she was asleep. I knocked on the window of her car and she screamed. She looked terrified. I asked her what was wrong. She told me that she had to go pick something up from the church that her dad had left there. Her dad had told her something about the church supposedly being haunted just like their house. Well, Robin decided to be brave and went and sat in the pew in the pitch dark. She started to hear footsteps. Then she started to feel faint. She quickly ran for the door, and as she closed it, she heard her father's voice. The voice said, Hey, baby. I remember my friend Ricky and I visited Robin, and Ricky heard the mimic demon. Ricky and I were talking to Robin in the kitchen when all of a sudden, Ricky wandered off to her dad's room. He came back and he had this terrified look on his face. He said, let's get out of here right now. Robin and I asked him what was wrong, but Ricky didn't answer. We ended up leaving, and when we got down the road, Ricky finally told us why he was acting so strange. He said, Robin, I heard your dad talking in his room, but he was nowhere in sight. As of now, the mimic demon has left Robin alone. It's been years since an incident has occurred. Nobody knows why it came. Nobody knows why it's gone. But then again, demons are always unpredictable. And that was Robin and the Mimic Demon from Curtis, Donahue, and Texas from October 2012. A true demon ghost story. I didn't, you know, and I didn't even know what mimic demons were. I'd, I'd never heard of the term. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up and basically it's the mimicking demon is a demon that mimics. Yeah. Well, there they're, you go. They're the mockingbird of the paranormal realm. Is that, is that so? Yep. It says here, a mimic demon. It says here where? On the Wikipedia? On the Wikipedias that it can take the shape of a living person, a doppelganger. In fiction and mythology, doppelgangers are often portrayed as ghosts or paranormal phenomena and are often seen as a harbinger of bad luck. The The topic of doppelgangers is mm -hmm. one that, I think it's a universal fear that people have. Mm -hmm. Certainly one of the first introductions I had to that was this incredible Twilight Zone episode. Oh, I don't remember the name, and I don't feel right about just picking up my phone and Googling it. <laughs> but Because you're a Twilight Zone purist, and know, if you right? can't think of the title on your own, then you don't want to know it. Then I don't deserve... <laughs> to know it. So anyone out there, if you guys have ever seen or heard of this episode, it's a beautifully atmospheric episode. Mm -hmm. Takes place in a lonely bus station 
in the middle of the night, in the middle of a downpour. And there are just a few characters and this woman who's waiting for her bus, she keeps seeing herself. Oh, I remember this one. I remember seeing it. It's an incredible episode. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time that I was, they don't say doppelganger in the episode as far as I remember, but it was the first time that I ever was sort of shown that as a child. Mm -hmm. The idea, the concept that somebody, your double, your evil twin could exist. Yeah. My introduction to the concept of doppelganger was the really, really bad 1990s Drew Barrymore movie. And I don't actually remember there being any kind of a doppelganger in it. But I want to say that I saw that. I, th- I want to say that we've spoken about that in the past. I don't know show. if we have or not, but it's no, it's not good. <laughs> I can't say that I watched it. I can say that I tried to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably everyone who's ever. There's only try. There is. There when is, it comes to the doppelganger movie, do not. There is only try. <laughs> right, right. Sage words. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Vince, I didn't tell you this today, and this is 100% true. I actually had an experience at work today, very similar-ish to uh, the experience of our storyteller. Really? Yeah. So I was looking for my boss to tell her that I was leaving work because I was, it was a bad day. Anyway. You didn't quit, did you? No. So I was looking for her to say, I'm leaving. And I went to her office and the door was shut and I didn't want to like knock on the door or just barge in. I was like, I'll just, I'll just wait until she comes out, you know? So a couple of us were standing about 20 feet away from the door. So we're standing there just kind of chatting And like, I can see the door out of the corner of my eye, but I can't see it all the way. And the door opens and then it closes. Like nobody comes out of it. Um, There's nowhere that somebody could have gone without me directly looking at them and knowing exactly who it was. But I saw the door open and then it closed. And I was like, what is she doing? She's like hiding or something. So I was irritated. So... I walked off and was going to another part of the building. And as I'm walking, I said something about the manager being holed up in the office. And just then, I walked past her. And I said, oh, there you are. I said, I I just was going to knock on the office door, but decided not to. And then the door opened, and then it shut again, but nobody came out. And she's like, well, I've been kind of back and forth between these two offices. I said, this was literally like three minutes ago. And she looked kind of freaked out. She was like, oh, <laughs> no, there's, there's nobody else in the building at the time who would have been in that office. I knew of I know everybody who was in the building at that moment and where they were in the building. And after I saw the door shut, I could see, because you can see the light under the door, there was somebody moving around in there. And uh, she's like, well, let's go see who was in the office. And I said, no, 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 it's probably a ghost. I think you can handle it. And I walked off Ah. and she went up to the office, but I ended up leaving. So I didn't talked to her to see who was in the office, but 
You're the ghost keeper. I know. With this room also, in the castle, you should have brought the ghost But I also home. didn't want to walk up and go check out the office with her because I didn't want to. Because it's the boss. Be, yeah. Right. Now, did you tell me that some of the other employees there say that the building is haunted? Yeah, there's a lot of people have talked about, oh, this building's haunted, blah, blah, blah. You know, you hear all these sounds and it's just, I don't feel any kind of creepy vibes in the building for the most part. But that was creepy. That seems rather unexplainable. Well, because you might have seen something. Everybody in the building was standing there talking to me or they were in this other section of the building where I had just come from or there was the bus who was on the like the kitty corner what kitty corner the the exact opposite corner of the building, you know, like diagonal ways. So, who was in that office? I don't know. It was creepy. It's possible it could have been her, and then maybe sh- there was some sort of a... Maybe I told her an, doppelganger I was leaving, and now I'm going to get fired because I didn't actually tell her I was leaving. Ooh. That's okay. Now that, that is a really good excuse for people out there. If you ever miss a day of work, you I call told in and say, I, I talked to you and told you, and you said it was okay. I can yeah. have the day off. Yeah, yeah. And then you bring them this, you know, like a, the Wikipedia article about doppelgangers <laughs> and say, I think you have a doppelganger. You better, <laughs> You better get this checked out. In the meantime, you know, can I have today off too? Now, guys, if you try this out there and it doesn't work, do not throw us under the bus. We will not be held responsible for you getting fired for using the doppelganger um, defense. Mm-mm. Right, right. No, no, no. So I don't know, Vince. Did you want me to write, read a story? To yeah. Write? Read us a st- Tell us a tale, Jane. All right. Jane. I actually have a little bit of a theme in my stories, but it's oh, no just because like, I like to use the search feature on the website to find stories. And so I usually like have a term and then I search it and I find multiple stories, you know, with that search term. So I end up with kind of unintended themes. So are you going to tell us what your search term was? You'll be able to tell. Oh, okay. All right. This first story is called The Angry Cowboy. And it was submitted by Amy in California. In October of 2022. It's fresh. Fresh meat. I think it would be fresh ectoplasm. Okay, fresh ectoplasm, whatever. We're splitting ecto hairs here now. In 1988, my now ex-husband Steve and I bought a brand new condo in what had been Rancho Mission Viejo, a large cattle ranch. At first, things were fine and normal. In 1990, I became pregnant with our first child, and that's when things were no longer normal. I started noticing things weren't in the places I put them, but moved a few feet in one direction or another, or switched positions with other things. Initially, you believe you might be going crazy and start second-guessing everything. Maybe I didn't leave my keys on that counter, or... Maybe I just thought I filled my water glass. These experiences were happening more frequently the closer my son was to being born. We tried to ignore the obviously strange things going on, but then this cowboy upped the ante. About a month after my son was born, I was changing his diaper when a teddy bear that had been on a top shelf raised straight up about six inches 
and slowly started to float across the room. My heart racing and body shaking at what I was seeing, I grabbed my baby and ran into the other room to tell Steve. Even after months of experiencing things being moved around, glasses being emptied, etc., he didn't believe me. This started an argument and hurt feelings that lasted years. I didn't witness any more items floating in mid-air, but the other things continued. In 1992, we went to my folks' house out of state and had Steve's brother and nephew stay there to watch our dogs. We never told anyone about this ghost we had. When we returned, my brother-in-law Terry asked if we ever experienced anything weird in the condo. We asked him why he would ask that, and he told us about things being moved, a window being opened after he had closed and locked it, a glass being empty after he had just filled it. Of course, we told him about our own experiences and of the teddy bear floating across the room. Steve had come to believe me about that. In 1993, we decided to rent the condo out and move to a house, as we were expecting another child. We didn't tell the new renter anything about our ghost, of course. About three months into the lease, our renter called and said she was moving out. When we asked her why, she said, This place is haunted. We pressed her for details, and she went on to talk about the same experiences we had had, but that additionally she was seeing some shadowy figure out of the corner of her eye once in a while. She said she knew it was crazy, but felt she couldn't stay any longer. After she moved out, we contacted the parapsychology department at either UCLA or UCS, sorry, I can't remember which one, to come and investigate. It was like on TV. They brought all sorts of technical equipment along with a few simple candles. After walking around the place, including the garage, they told us they figured some things out. They said he had been a cowboy on the previous cattle ranch and had died right where our garage was. They didn't mention if it was a violent death, only that he had died there. They all started walking around again, trying to tell him he needs to move on, that he wasn't alive anymore. Honestly, it really seemed like a movie, but they kept this up for about 30 minutes. After everything was done, they said it doesn't always work. You can't make them leave. They said he was angry that we were living in his area and that it was us that needed to leave. They also made sure to tell us he wasn't dangerous and wouldn't or couldn't hurt us. Well, we decided to try and rent it out again. Six months into the lease, the tenant called to tell us he was leaving and for the same reasons the previous tenant had given. Apparently, this cowboy had no intention of leaving, and we couldn't afford to keep losing tenants, so we just sold it. I'm sure he's still stirring up trouble, but thankfully with someone else. And thank you again to Amy in California for submitting the angry cowboy 
in October of 2022. That's an interesting story. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. And it, it, it is also in California. Are you going to say the Toys R Us? The Toys R Us ghost. I swear, I'm having deja vu right now. You, Vince keeps a spreadsheet of all the stories that we've read. And he told me this story was not on that spreadsheet. But I knew you were going to say that. And I know we've talked about the Toys R Us on this podcast before. I'm, I'm just having like a deja vu moment. Maybe our listeners are too. Maybe. Wouldn't that be awesome? How about you let us know, listeners? Come on. We know you're out there. Just send us a message. At castleofspears.com. I know I sound thirsty. I don't care. <laughs> Just send us a damn message, For people. God's sake, Jane, have some respect. <laughs> anyway. Self-respect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, just briefly refresh our memories about the Toys R Us. Some people may not have heard all of the previous episodes. Once upon a time in no, the city of on. Sunnyvale, California, there was a farm farmland as far as the eye could see you go there now oh there's roads as far as the eye could see buildings people walking around cars driving right mm -hmm. but back in the olden days before everybody moved to california there was lots of farmland and there was a farm in the area in sunnyvale where currently well it is no longer there actually i was gonna say i highly doubt that the toys R Us is there anymore but the building probably still is i just don't know what's in it now yeah and i i heard a lot about that through TV shows like Sightings. No, this is way before then. That's incredible. Oh. Uh, the psychic, the late great psychic, whatever you think about her, whether you think she was <laughs> great or not Brown. great, Sylvia Brown, <laughs> you know, she lived in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. the San Francisco, San Jose area where I lived. And she was interviewed a lot on mm -hmm. local TV. And she was a regular on a show called People Are Talking. It was a morning show in San Francisco. Shout out to anybody who remembers Ross and Anne. Anyway, <laughs> and she told the story about this ghost named Johnny who ha who haunted the Toys R Us there. And you know how that is. They they hold a séance and Yeah. And, I remember uh, them all with their shoes and socks off for some reason like sitting on the floor. Yeah, in the store after mm -hmm. hours. Why did they have their shoes and socks off? I don't have an answer for that. All right. But they did reportedly 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 take a photograph of a silhouette mm. of a man. Mm -hmm. A cowboy? I mean, he could have been a cowboy. I didn't see a cowboy hat. Mm. But he could have been a ranch hand. I think he was a ranch hand. Mm. And the story was that he was so he had, had a big hand. He died on the prop. Not a big Sorry. hand. <laughs> no. But he had passed away on the property and right where the Toys R Us stood. I actually went into that Toys R Us You once. drove me past it once. I did. And it was like right down the street from this awesome place called CD Warehouse. That mm -hmm. I, it's not CD. It's a CD, <laughs> like compact disc warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were coming back from CD Warehouse and you drove past it and you're all, look, there's the haunted Toys R Us. Why the hell didn't I drive? I don't know. Anyway. Probably, I think it was closed already by then. Maybe, yeah. I did go there one time and I didn't have any experience, but I got really creeped out because I went like down one of the aisles. <laughs> I was looking for a gift for my nephew, my yeah. nephew. And I went down one of the, the aisles that led to that back of the store and it was really quiet back there and i was like i'm out of here dude i don't <laughs> want to see anything now that i've come Chicken. here I'm, i've changed my mind mm -hmm. i just want to make a purchase and leave and i did and that well, was that good. i'm glad that it all worked out in the end so that story you told i would love it 
if I if I could know where it was that this was in Mission Viejo. Oh, Mission Viejo, Rancho okay. Mission Viejo. So That's not if it then. anyone lives in a haunted condo in Rancho Mission Viejo, uh, you know, a condo that was built in the. Mm, it looks like it was built in 1988 because it was a brand new condo when they bought it. So if you live in Rancho Mission Viejo in a haunted condo that was built in 1988, friend, we want to hear from you. You could be living with this ghost. You know, really, if you live in a haunted domicile of any kind, anywhere, built at any time, we want to hear from you too. So... You know. Also, if you had an experience with a doppelganger, too. I forgot to mention that for the last Yeah, story. we're still on doppelgangers, too. And more cowboys to come, just just to let you know. Ghost cowboys and mm-hmm. doppelgangers. There's, I love it. There's another ghost cowboy. Uh, Vince, tag your it. Well, I didn't know we were playing games. We're always playing games. But I will indulge. Baby. <laughs> How'd you like it in that story when the, the ghost says, hey, baby? Yeah, that was... That was a little bit creepy. It was creepy, especially the way you said it. Yeah, well, you know, I sometimes... Hey, I really, baby. <laughs> you probably should have put a different inflection on it, seeing as it's her something her father says to her. Maybe a little Tommy Wiseau. Hi, babe. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I do have another story to read. All right, do A it. story from yet another Castle of Spirits listener visitor. Heck yeah. I stumbled across this because it's got a very evocative title. This one's called The Nun. Ew. (laughs) Sorry. And it was written by Carla from Sidra, Puerto Rico, and submitted to the Castle of Spirits website in January of 2007. I've had experiences with the paranormal my whole life, especially at my house. So I'm pretty much used to ghosts, and I ignore them most of the time. But every once in a while, something that scares the living daylights out of me comes along. And that is why I'm writing this. My parents bought the land and constructed the house that I currently live in. So it has no creepy history. The land, on the other hand, used to be a sugarcane plantation, as far as I know. I lived in the house with my parents for the first 13 years of my life. I vividly remember hearing strange noises at night, but only if it was raining. I would hear things falling, doors opening and closing, knocking on my door, footsteps, a baby crying or a woman sobbing. Wait, wait, let's back up here. She kind of casually mentions this, a baby crying or a woman sobbing, just kind of thrown in there with knockings, footsteps and doors opening and closing. Yeah, no, those aren't things you want to hear. No. No. Later on, I moved away, but now I'm back with my husband and my baby. This is where the real story begins. One particularly rainy night, after a fun night out with my girlfriends, I returned home at around 4 a.m. I left the car out by the street because my husband's car was in the garage, but by the time I finally made it to the front door, drenched, I started looking around in my purse for my keys when I heard a woman sobbing. I lifted my gaze, thinking it was my sister-in-law who tends to wait for me sobbing whenever she has a problem with her husband. But to my surprise, I saw a nun sitting on my lawn chair, sobbing uncontrollably, 
with her face in her hands. I froze. She lifted her head and met my eyes. Then she came to me. She grabbed my arms and shook me, saying, Where's the baby? Please tell me, where's the baby? She kept pleading and crying as she fell to her knees, while the only thing I could do was stare at her pale face. I tried to call my husband, but I couldn't find my voice. For the love of God, tell me, where is the baby? He is going to kill him, and I have to stop him. Then I heard a baby crying from behind the house, and the nun got up and ran toward the sound. I just stood there, frozen, with every hair on my body standing up. Then I looked at my arms and noticed they had hand marks where the ghost had been holding me too tightly. I turned around and walked to the back of the house, not believing what had just happened. But when I got there, I saw nothing. I went inside to my own baby's room and she was sound asleep. So was my husband. Needless to say, I could not sleep that night. And I don't see how you could ever sleep another night again if that actually happened to you. That was called The Nun by Carla in Puerto Rico, January of 2007. And I did not like that story. Mm -mm. I'll tell you. In in the best way possible. I did not like that story. It stretches my credibility. I mean, it sends my credibility meter into the red, I guess you'd say. But at the same time, it, the... Nuns are creepy. They're terrifying. I mean, they may be good people or something. I'm not talking about the people. They're, you know. The specters. But you see like a nun in a distance, like where there shouldn't be a nun. It's terrifying. Terrifying. You look out the window at night and you see a, they call them a gaggle if there's more than one. (laughs) A gaggle of nuns. I don't think it's technically a gaggle of nuns. Walking down the street, a nunnery of nuns. (laughs) Walking down the street. Whether they're floating or walking of their own accord, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's why movies, and well, you know, that there's that, that new movie series. We haven't actually seen it, but the, the, the Nun. Yeah, it's not really new anymore. I mean, it, it looks really over the we top. We started watching one of them, you know, the one with the eyes, because that's a super creepy image. So we, we started watching it one night, and it's just like jump scares and things getting getting dragged off into the darkness and those are things that i just detest i tell you if you want to see a movie with some really creepy nuns mm-hmm. there's a movie with pierce brosnan from the 80s called nomads oh nomads. that's not where i was going pierce brosnan and leslie ann down right see that movie directed by john mctiernan by the way who i he did die hard but this was one Great. of his more quiet movies, and it was terrifying. Mm. And there's a scene in there where he goes to a, a convent, and he's talking to a nun, and she's she's talking to him, and she invites him into her, her place, but there's no lights. Mm. And she's walking around like she can see because she has no eyes. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's- I don't remember that part. It's quite terrifying. 
But it's a good movie. Aren't there nuns in Don't Look Now? No. There's oh. a blind woman in Don't Look Now, though. Oh, so similar. Nuns, blind women, you know. Well, I just said the nun, the nun in, in The mm-hmm. Nomads was blind. Well, I mean, they're in Italy, so I guess I thought there must be nuns. Blind people? Oh, nuns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Italy, it's known for its blind people. <laughs> you know why? Because Boy. it's such a beautiful place that they just that their vision is just like blown out. All right. And on to uh, less problematic things. I'm going to read you another story. Do us this favor. Oh, I'm going to do you the favor. This story is called Freebird. Really? And, yeah, really. Okay. I just, I was going to make a joke. Oh, and it's submitted by Anonymous in USA, who, by the way, this Anonymous is one of those quirky writers. That we love. We do love us a quirky writer. Oh, right on. Is his name Leonard Skinner? His name is Anonymous, or her name, Anonymous in USA. And the story was submitted in May 2003. From the onset, I could tell this wasn't going to be your typical American dream home. Nope. No sweeping staircases or wide porches. Just a one-bedroom apartment in a crime-ridden section of Dallas, Texas, and I wouldn't have called any other place home. You see, funds were low and debts were high, and the little money I did have was spent on nothing more than the necessities. I wouldn't have even been able to afford that place if the anything-for-a-buck slumlord hadn't been generous enough to sell me a flat with a past. Don't worry, this past was of no concern to a skeptical, level-headed 19-year-old bent on changing the world one senseless theory at a time. Besides, I welcomed the chance to pay half as much as the other tenants and didn't even inquire on its history. But as they say, hindsight is 2020, and boy, was that a mistake. My first encounter occurred only a week or so after I had moved my all-too-few belongings into its rooms. Some friends and I were sitting around listening to some Leonard Skinnerd. You see, where I come from, Southern Rock is a religion. When my theme song, Freebird, came on, I didn't pay any attention to the fact that Freebird wasn't on that particular CD and sang along. It wasn't until later that night, when I went to listen to it again, that I realized that Freebird was packed away in the very depths of my closet. I shrugged it off, but my logic for doing so was still fuzzy in my head. Then, the screaming started, and that was a little harder to ignore. It was high-pitched, always followed by a man's garbled voice, and seemed to come from the bedroom. I attributed the noise to the neighbors, but could never bring myself to confront them on it. They, however, brought it to my attention with a notice from the tenants board asking me to keep it down. Well, did I have news for them? It was at this point that I finally came around to the paranormal way of thinking and got a Ouija board. My brother Jake and his friend Calvin offered to help and the only message I could seem to get was, I'm as free as a bird now. Exact spelling, too. So just, I want to break in here real quick. The way it's being spelled, I mean, you can click the link in the show notes and read it for yourself, but the Ouija board is spelling, it's it's all very, it's spelled very garbly. If I read it phonetically, it's like, I'm as free 
us a bird now. So anyway. Well, the spirits are notoriously bad spellers. They are not good spellers, but to their credit, it takes a lot of energy to be good at spelling, and they're just trying to get a point across. So I immediately recognized this and ran to my CD shelf ready to pop it in. As soon as the famous intro riff started, the room became as cold as a well digger's, you know, so cold that I could see my breath in Texas in June. That was enough for me, and I hightailed it to the door, my brother close at my heels. I was stopped, however, by a long-haired man in a cowboy hat standing in the hallway. His eyes drilled into me, and I stood transfixed, only a few feet away from freedom. There was a certain look, sadness, and anger that has haunted me to this very day. That incident scared me enough to move back in with my parents, and I haven't experienced anything since. A few years later, I ran into my former landlord in Walmart, of all places, and coaxed the story behind my ghost from him. Apparently, the lead guitarist of an up-and-coming rock band had committed suicide after his girlfriend had been murdered in his own apartment. Thank you again to Anonymous in USA for submitting Freebird in May of 2003. That was a fun little... A fun little horror, wasn't it, Vince? Yeah, it got really dark there at the end. but it did, uh, it, it, it did get quite dark, yeah. But at least we kind of have an idea of the cause, maybe, mm-hmm. of these disturbances. Mm-hmm. So now I think I can guess what your search term was. What, what do you think it was? I think it was cowboy. It was cowboy. Mm-hmm. Cowboy ghosts. Well, it was because uh, I picked the angry cowboy that was submitted, you know, shortly after we kind of revved the engines on the the castle, you know, when we took it over in, in 22. So that was one of the first stories submitted at that time. And I thought, well, that'll be fun. Let's just see what other cowboy stories there are. And uh, I found that one. Speaking of newer stories, if anybody out there is interested, we are always accepting new submissions. If you have a true ghost story, a, some sort of a paranormal experience, it even it doesn't have to be ghosts. It can be UFOs. It could even just be weird, like just a weird story. Peculiar oddities. We, would, we just really want all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just send them in. Go to castleofspirits.com, mm-hmm. click on the submit mm-hmm. button, and there you go. Also, I was going to say, how else can they get us stories, Vince? Well, there's telepathic means uh, our tel- our telepathy is not quite up to par yet so you are free to telepathically submit a story but i can't guarantee that it's going to turn out real well now if you have a story or if you have something you want to convey to us you can email us mm-hmm. cosghostkeepers at gmail.com yep or you can submit uh, through the contact form on the website mm-hmm. and you can also call us what and you can also call us. Yeah, I didn't realize he was just going to repeat it word for word. Vince, what is that phone number? I don't know. Okay, well, do you want me to tell you what the number is? Please do. It's 801-436-7838. And that phone number is on the website too, mm-hmm. in case you didn't get a chance to write it down. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone, give us a call. We're not going to answer. No. But you've got a three minutes mm-hmm. of voicemail 
to tell us your or as story. Many as, or as many minutes as you want if you just call back over and over and over. Yeah, and call anytime too. Yep. Anytime, day or night, mm-hmm. whenever the spirit moves you. Ooh, see what you did there? I saw. Yeah. Also, early in the podcast, we used to do a lot of uh, research episodes, you know, where we would say, you know, I am picking this topic and I'm going to research it and present it. And and we haven't done one of those for a while. Uh, this 23 was a little bit of a challenging year. So we have not done any research uh, episodes for a while, but we actually have one coming up later this month, don't we, Vince? Yes, we do. We do, but we're not going to tell you what it is. Um, so if you have any idea for any ideas for research episodes that you want us to do, or any themes for stories you want us to read, or maybe you have a favorite story on the website that you want us to read, or whatever. See, here I am being thirsty again. Stop with the thirst No, I will not. I'm very, very thirsty, and I need you to send us a message and just tell us what what you want. Yeah, and we're talking to you, Mike. We're talking to you, Janet. Uh, Hey, Tony, I see you over there. Yeah. Get in touch. What's another name? Felicia. Felicia, yeah. Felicia, we see you. Maud. All of you. Send us those messages. Peter. And while we're on the topic of begging, if you want to help the show out, leave us a review Mm -hmm. at Apple Podcasts. Talk about us on social media. Mm -hmm. And if you really love the show, tell a friend. And if you really hate the show, tell two enemies. That'll really stick it to them. Yeah. Make them pay.